the kick is away. And the kick is... It's good! And now for something completely different. Hey everybody, I'm Chef Tim Lopez. Kick the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. I work as a line chef and first cook at the Eagles Novacare in South Philadelphia. And this show is about taking a look at football through the foods that we all love. We're going to talk with players, coaches, chefs, and celebrities about the food culture of our team and our Eagles community. This is Feeding the Birds. Hey everybody, Chef Tim Lopez here with you once again on Feeding the Birds podcast. I had the pleasure of being at the NFC Championship game, and I just want to talk a little bit about the feeling I had being on the sidelines watching our Eagles beat the Minnesota Vikings to head to the Super Bowl. The feeling in the stadium was just electric. The fans were absolutely incredible. I heard that same stat that you all probably heard that we could hear them seven miles away in Westfield, New Jersey. Absolutely wonderful night for our organization, and I'm proud to be part of it and feed our Philadelphia Eagles. That being said, let's get down to who we have on our fantastic show today. First up, we have an interview with an Eagles legend, Mike Quick. He's going to sit down and tell us about his favorite foods, an amazing sandwich that they named after him at the link, and some of the stuff that he hooks up himself. That's really, really good. We also have our first coach interview with Coach Eugene Chung, who's going to get a little bit into organic foods and some Korean barbecue, talk a little bit about the things he ate when he was a player. Last but not least, we have an interview with Chef Jason Boniak. He's the senior chef manager here at Eagles Novacare, and we're going to talk a whole bunch about our road to football glory with the Philadelphia Eagles this year at the Novacare Complex and different foods that he and I are both passionate about. So, without further ado, I'm just going to kick it off to Mike Quick. How you doing today, sir? Tim, I'm doing fantastic. You look fantastic, man. Yeah, life is good for me, man. It looks like it. It looks like it. Always, always a pleasure to see you coming into the building, doing the work that you do, and uh, I get a chance to feed you every now and then, hook you up some yep. breakfast. You come in and grab some lunch from us. What's your favorite food that we make here, Mike? I don't know. Dude, I had this killer fish today. It's a flaky white fish, the sea bass, and I don't know how you season that stuff, but I wish I could do it that same way. It was banging. You know, and I thought about, I want to eat a little bit more, but I don't. So I ended up not, and I wish I had. You wish you had. Yeah, so I had the broccoli. The broccoli had just a stint of burn on it, which is perfect for me. Oh, yeah. With the seasoning and just a little bit burnt, it was just so perfect. The broccoli, along with the sea bass, it was a good day for me. So you bro. like roasted vegetables, then. I I love, I'm down on those big I time. love roasted yeah, vegetables. Yeah, me too. See, I don't like the vegetables when they're cooked too long, but when you roast them and they're still like kind of hard and crunchy, Bang. I'm with you on that, man. Off I'm with chain. you. Tell me a little bit about coming up in North Carolina. What were some of the foods that just blew your socks off that still stay with you from when you were playing in college and things like that? Yeah, a lot of basic stuff because you know, I grew up really having to eat whatever is available and really basic, basic stuff like beans and rice I grew up on and chicken and, of course, all parts of the pig. From the Rudy to the Tootie. Amen. <laughs> so, so, yeah, that's, you know, yeah. when you're in the South, you hear sayings like that. From the Rudy to the Tootie. Yeah, yeah, you get that, right? Yeah, there's a little bit of pork and everything down South, isn't there? There's a little bit of pork and everything. There's pork and the and rice nearly, and beans are always and nearly there. everything is fried. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of pork. So, you really, it's hard to eat beans without the seasoning of some good pork. Now, I know that now I've moved to, like, smoked turkey necks or smoked this or that, but a ham hawk? Mm. <sighs> And some beans? What? That's what I'm talking about. That's all you need, man. I heard you are a whiz in the kitchen, too. I heard you hook up some banging stuff, but I've heard a lot about this amazing guacamole. Can you tell us a little bit about that? 
See, I don't want to have to shoot you, so I can't tell you everything. Well, you don't got to tell me this. Tell me what you, I can tell you this. This guacamole thing, I discovered it a few years back. Like a chip that really doesn't have much flavor. You don't really have the flavor because of guac. You got to put some spices in it. And of course, you got to, first of all, get good avocado, the right type of tomato with the flavor to the tomato. Use a little lemon juice. And that's as far as I'm going to go in terms of what I put in it. But, you know, I like to once in a while sip a little tequila with my dinner. So that is a perfect combination. A little good sipping tequila along with some guac and little chips on the what's side. Your, what's your go-to tequila? I'm curious. I'm a tequila aficionado myself. So. Oh, well, my guy. So one of my presents that I got for Christmas was a Don Julio 1942. Oh, nice. And it's such a beautiful. You didn't bring any in here? I wish you had told me, brother. <laughs> listen, uh, that, that now, is listen, some listen, solid listen. stuff. Listen, we can, we can, around tequila, I can form a brotherhood very easily. All right. Consider me in. That's what Consider I do. Consider me in. I love, I love tequila. I, I love I good drink. tequila. Good sip Don tequila. Julio. I, I do uh, even some Cabo Wabo, the Sammy Cabo Hagar Wabo, stuff. Uh, Thres Generations, Herendora. You done probably, Patron at all? Or? Yeah, I drink yeah. Patron. Okay. But, you know, it's like the popular one that everyone, but it's not really one of my go-to. But Don Julio, that's, that's your Don Julio's a really good. See, like the Reposado, the Añejo, the Reposado, they're really good tequilas that you don't want to do anything with other than pour into a glass and sip. That 1942, it just knocks your socks off. So, New Year's Eve, I got it for Christmas. New Year's Eve, I broke it open, but, you know, I don't stay up. Never see the ball drop. Mm-hmm. I drop before the ball. Right. But Is it because of the tequila or? You know, I didn't put it together you like that. never put those that, two maybe, together. All right. Maybe you're right. Maybe it was the tequila. Maybe that's why I dropped it. The tequila and he hits the floor and then the ball drops after. Yeah, yeah. After that. All right. So, the reality is, I sip a little bit. I watch a little TV, and probably by 10 o'clock. I used to do that late night thing a long time ago. I don't do that anymore. That's not fun for me. Right, because you got to, you know, interview people and stuff. Come make no, the presence felt. Most important thing, I like to sleep. Oh, okay. It's all about the sleep. All right. I feel you, man. As, I got a good bed. The guy who's on his feet all day, trust me, I feel you. Know, you know, I spent a lot of money for my bed and my mattresses and all that stuff. Right. I enjoy it. You should. I feel you, man. Sleep is, I'm not going to say it's a passion of mine, but when I get to do it, I do it really well. Dude, your passion is, your right passion is cooking. My passion Bro, is cooking. I see you You're behind right. that grill and I see you kicking it. What amazes me is how people walk in and you already know them. It's like the bartender that knows right. when I sit down like, hey, on Yeho, you want the reposado? Because right. he exactly, already knows man. what I'm going to have. Yeah, I'm the food tender. I'm the guy. The food tender. My dude, right there, you go. coming up with new terms up in this joint. Because you'll walk in. I only see Mike about once or twice a week, but he walks in. I'll yell at him across you the already cafe. Know. Mikey, you want me to hook it up? He's like, hook it up. You already know. There we go. I like that. But I think, you know, in your position, that's really cool. It is. I have a way to connect with people through food, and it's fun to do it in that cafe because obviously it's an open cafe. We're cooking right there in front of everybody. So it's important for me to like learn special orders and stuff that people like and don't like because it connects me with the individual. And that's what's fun for me. I love to cook, but cooking on that line is a whole nother world. So it's my pleasure to do that for y'all. I really appreciate it. I tell you what, it's awesome when I can come through and like see what I like and have what I like and it pleases the palate. Amen. That's our goal, brother. Please your palate every day. I heard you and Harold come up with some banging sandwiches over at the link. And I want to talk about those. Did you and Harold invent those sandwiches? Were they brought to your attention? You all slapped your name on it. How did did it go down? So Aramark came to me uh, along with a couple of the Eagles executives and they had this idea. And I said, oh, I like the idea. So the only question was, okay, Mike, do you want the 
pulled pork sandwich or do you want the pulled chicken sandwich? And a kid growing up in North Carolina, like I said, everything on the pig we ate. Yeah, so you so, chose the pork. Yeah, and I grew up in an area where pulled pork or barbecue sandwiches, as they're called, you don't get much better than the barbecue in North Carolina, the way it's made up. So I kind of migrated to that sandwich, and that became my deal. So we spent time with them on the sauces that they're using, on the different breads, going through that whole selection process. So Harold and I both were involved in that. But he's a chicken because he's scared of everything. That's the way I put That's it. That's how that works. Yeah, he's scared I wouldn't, of everything. I wouldn't peg him for that, but all right. All right. <laughs> and Anybody taller than me, I'm never going to point out if they're scared of something. Yeah, yeah, yeah but, but I can do it. That's how I roll. All right. That's my guy. Well, that's your boy. So. Yeah, yeah. That's my guy. We, you know, I grew up with Harold Carmichael. He taught me everything I know. So he's the chicken, and I'm the pork guy. I like it, man. But the sandwiches are banging. They did a great job with them. They have a lot of flavor. The bread is that potato roll, and it's soft, and it's there's a coleslaw that goes along with it if you want it, and it really just complements the pork. I like how the sauce just drapes over that pork. So that's pretty cool, man. I'm glad you guys got involved and did that, put some really good North Carolina-style yeah, cooking over there in the stadium. I grew up cooking. You know, because you have to learn certain things when you grow up in the South. And even as a young kid, I made homemade biscuits when I was probably 10 years old. I had to learn to do it because, you know, there's a lot of us. And sometimes mom's not home and you got to fend for yourself. So I learned how to cook. And as a single parent, cooking for my sons when they were growing up. So there was a lot of trial and error, a lot of things that I got wrong. But I got to the point where there were certain things that I really could make and enjoyed making. And so, yeah. What's one of your I favorite like what things you do. to make? I like this. Um, besides that guac. I know yeah, yeah besides that. Like so, so I have this vegetable medley that I'll make. And I just cut up yellow and green squash, some onions, some tomatoes, make a little oil and garlic with a little butter and just mix all these up. And then there are a couple of other things. Sometimes I'll put mushrooms in different, but this whole vegetable medley and I will just for a little while, get them on the burner and make sure I don't burn up my oil and my garlic and all that stuff. And for just a little while, just get it all in that flavor and get it all nice and yeah, that's some good stuff. And sometimes I'll take that and I'll pour it over pasta. That sounds good. Yeah, and it's fresh and it's good. Especially in the summertime, it's a really nice, light, fresh way to eat. I like that. I like yeah. that. A lot of times with pasta, you know, people think pasta, you're thinking heavy sauces or baked pastas. Nah, but no, I, I, I tend, especially in the summer, and for my wife especially, she's a big fan of just the, the olive oil sauce with yeah, some exactly. really fresh garlic, some yeah, fresh exactly. herbs in there. You know, that's all you really need, that's man. That's all you need to do. All you need. And I pour that over a little angel hair or some type of pasta, I'm happy. You get down on seafood with that ever? Ever toss any oh, shrimps yeah. in there? Oh, yeah, yeah. Scallops or anything? Like yeah, that? yeah. Oh, you can always doctor it up a little oh, bit. Yeah, you know, absolutely. put your little cream sauce in it if you like. Saute some shrimp, throw the shrimp in there. Or even do chicken. Get some chicken breast, cube it up real nice. I love it. Come on, man. It's classic basic cooking right there. Boom. Now you're making me hungry. Boom. See that? That's a good trade-off right there. Boom. <laughs> All right, I got one thing I'm going to take you out on. It's something we started doing a little while ago. It's produced some really good interviews with us with some players and some staff. What is the oddest food you've ever had in your life? Oddest. What's weird? That's a good question because I eat some crazy stuff. I don't even know. That's a good, good question. Is it just because you eat a lot of different stuff? You really don't have something you dislike? I am a guy, if I'm in a different culture, I want to try what's in the culture. So when I go places... I'll try stuff, and a lot of it I don't even remember, but I will try things that a lot of people won't try. 
Like we mentioned my buddy Harold. Harold won't try food at no, all. Har- Harold wants pretty, a steak uh, and he wants a steak like cooked till it's so hard. Timmy, make sure that steak is sizzling. Yeah. Make sure it's sizzling. He told me no book cooking. I said, what's that mean, Harold? He goes, I don't want to see any recipes. Just bring your love. Bring your love out there. I got I to gotta get him on here too, but that's pretty cool. So you're pretty much down with anything then. Yeah. Nothing, nothing ever surprised you because we had Selican and he talked about Rocky Mountain oysters and he said he wasn't touching them. And Not that's a, a good call. On been that. there, done it. Really? What'd you think? Days. If it's fried, it's fried. <laughs> as long as it's fried, it's good to go. So gator, you're down. Oh, I've had Sheep gator. brains, you're down. Oh, I've never had that. No. no? Okay. But I have like emu, okay. the big bird I've had. I've had ostrich. I've had alligator. I've had snake. I've had even wildlife. Like I have cousins and people growing up that cook like raccoon. I've had people that cook like all sorts of what's wild that, what, what's game. That, what's that taste like? Like pheasant. I've never had that. Like pheasant. And pheasant I've had. Of course, deer and all sorts of. What's the raccoon taste like? It depends on how it's done. How did you have it? I'm just curious because I've never had it. You really have to know how to cook wildlife. You have to yeah, know the, how the to game, draw. the game animals and stuff right. like that. You sure. got to know how to draw the game out of them. Mm-hmm. You got to bleed them, sure. Yeah. The bleed them is one thing. But then even in the cooking and you slow cook them and you bleed that game taste out of them. That's what you have to do. Right, to break down the protein. The way they do it where I'm from is they lay them out and they put a sweet potato skirt around her. You slow cook them in that sweet potato skirt, that takes all the game out. That needs to be a bumper sticker. (laughs) Slow cooker in a sweet potato skirt. In a sweet potato skirt. I like it. All right, man. Thanks so much for coming in and talking to us today, Mike Quick. I know you're busy. Chef Tim. appreciate it. Chef Tim, for you, anytime. So that was our interview with Mike Quick. I got to tell you, absolutely incredible interview. The guy had me laughing the whole time. Rudy to the tootie. Where else are you going to hear that? Huh? What other podcast? Just Feeding the Birds. That's right. Legend Mike Quick, thank you very much for your interview. We have a legendary start with our next interview because it's the very first time we've interviewed a coach. And we were happy to have Coach Eugene Chung sit down with us and talk to us about his favorite foods, some cool Korean cooking he does at his place, and what foods were like when he was playing in the NFL. Here's Coach Eugene Chung. Chef Tim Lopez sitting down here with Coach Eugene Chung. He's a tight ends coach, offensive line, works on the run game. How you doing today? I'm great. How are you? Oh, I'm doing fantastic, man. Thanks for coming in today. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You and I had a little food connection in the off season. I think actually it was during training camp. Absolutely. Uh, I got invited out to your house. Thanks again. Yeah. My wife and I came out for a uh, barbecue that you had, and it was some really fabulous food. And so I wanted to just talk a little bit about that to kick it off. You made some calbi. Is that Cal- yeah? There we go. Calbi, uh, cross-cut beef ribs. Cross-cut Korean beef ribs and a kind of a secret marinade. A secret you know? marinade, which you're not going to share with us. You know, right? I think you have to be Korean to know this marinade. Right. So well, I'm out. That lets me out. <laughs> but it, it's one of those things that when someone has it for the very first time it's like an explosion of flavor in their oh, yeah. mouth and they're like oh my gosh yeah you know it's i've never tasted this before and the way the ribs are cut it just kind of like melts in your mouth a little bit right. so it's a great thing it's something you have on a special occasion you know it's my son's first birthday party so bring people out that enjoy food i enjoy food obviously by the size of me but it was one of those things that you know if i could share that and break bread with some friends and family outside of work it's a special occasion i appreciate you having us out for that man it was a real honor to come out there and the ribs were incredible absolutely, absolutely incredible I got to try to make them at some point in the cafe. I don't know if I'm going to be close enough to get in on that secret marinade, but they were absolutely wonderful. So if anybody wants to look that up online, just check it out. You're not going to get Eugene's secret marinade. It was Calbi, K-A-L-B-I. And you also hooked up something called chopped jake. Can you tell us about that uh, a little yeah, bit? The, yeah, it's a noodle dish. You know, it's sweet potato noodles, but you know what goes into it. Now, that's probably the hardest thing to make out of all the dishes I make that are of the Korean flavor there. It's just so many different marinades of different vegetables. I mean, it literally takes hours to 
just to finely chop everything to julienne. As you know, you're a chef, to cut everything to precision and to marinate each one differently so you have that explosion of flavor again. Once again, that's special occasions because you'll spend hours making that dish. But it's one of those things when you're done and you share it with everybody and people enjoy it, that's where you get the joy of, of making that food right there. I can imagine. I saw a lot of love poured into that. And that was, I had never had it before. You make the sweet potato noodles or you buy those? Oh, no, 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 no. no. I don't go that far. No. Okay. no, no, no. I actually buy them at Asian March or something. But then, you know, there's a certain prep that goes into it. You just don't throw them into a pot of boiling water. You have to yeah. soak them overnight in cold water and so forth. And you go through this whole process. It's kind of painstaking, but well worth it at the end. It was absolutely well yeah. worth it. It was an amazing dish. So anybody wants to Google those, check them out. Definitely look into it because there's some really, really good Korean food. So next time we're going to move to talk a little bit about your career as a player. You were drafted in 92, started with the Patriots. What was the food like at the time? You know, it's funny. We have these amazing chefs here at Novacare in Philadelphia with the Eagles, and they're making breakfast, they're making sandwiches, they're making burritos, and special quiches. The guys ask me, well, what did you eat there? You know, like you're asking me right now, we didn't get breakfast. They didn't feed us, really. Different era, different time, different CBA. Our breakfast was like grabbing Burger King through the drive-thru on the way in or Dunkin' Donuts. You know, if we were lucky, you could sneak a Pop-Tart out of the kitchen or something. But that was about it. So, And lunch was, you know, maybe tuna sandwiches or like cold cuts at lunchtime. Or you went out and you ran to Subway real quick to grab something before lunch. So they didn't feed us. So when I see this spread of food and all the selections that we have, this is like the crown jewel. And our chefs here are like the crown jewel of the NFL when it comes to the food. Oh, I really appreciate that, man. That, that is high, high praise. I can't imagine a time when this didn't happen, because when I came on board here at the Eagles, I mean, the cafe was very different, but it was still very comprehensive, you know? You started with us in uh, 2010, right? That's right. Obviously, the cafe has changed. The setup has changed. There's a lot more we're capable of now. But mm-hmm. even back then, we were still hooking up gourmet pizzas. We were still banging oh, the barbecue oh, every Friday, you know? Absolutely. What's some of your favorite dishes that we make here? Oh, my gosh. First of all, like the breakfast. Like every day I come in, I'm always checking to see if you made your corned beef hash. So I'm always looking for that, number one. I'm like, <laughs> coming, it's coming. darn it, you didn't make it. But okay, let me yeah. go. You know, So everything yeah. on the breakfast from the fruit selection to your eggs, there's egg whites, there's egg white scrambles. I mean, there's so many selections there. It's unbelievable. So if if you go hungry here, it's unreal. I mean, I always love the pizza you make. That's an amazing thing. But I, I love this season how you had like a theme for every week, you know. So yeah. it was pretty cool. You know, we had the Po' Boys. We had Pike's Place stuff going on. We had the barbecue when we were going to Texas to play the Cowboys. So it was just so cool. But I mean, to put my finger on one thing, that's a tough deal, man. I got to really think about that. It's probably your corned beef hash. Because you yeah, always probably look is. For it. Oh, yeah. Because I always look for it. And when it's there, I always make, you know, hey, Tim, three over medium with my yeah. corned beef oh, hash. Oh, yeah. And he, he, he definitely <laughs> helps himself a couple times. You, you're like my biggest fan on the corned beef hash. Absolutely. So I appreciate that. So you left the Eagles and you followed Andy over to Kansas City. That's right. When you went to Kansas City, I know that's a big barbecue town. Was there any real special dishes you encounter there that you're a huge fan of when well, it comes to KC barbecue? So the barbecue out there in Kansas City is phenomenal. There's so many places. But the one thing I did enjoy was I learned how to smoke meat. I actually took a class. So it explained the whole science behind everything. So every chance I get, weather permitting, obviously, is, is I like to smoke meat. All the different brines, the different cuts of meat. I love the science behind it. So that's really really interesting to me so and i'm a more is better type guy so i'm always creating these smoked meats and i have way too much and i brought some in for you i brought some in for oh Pee-wee yeah, yeah also, we were so. enjoying that man. yeah Thank so you. i mean so that's a great thing so just learning how to smoke like really really know how to smoke meat that's been a highlight it's been a lot of fun that's very cool man you bring a lot of healthy organic stuff right at your own home because you're oh, raising yeah. ducks and chickens yeah, right? yeah yeah how many years you've been doing that so we've been doing it for about two years now it's kind of happened by accident 
started out with four chickens and two ducks and you know next thing you know we got about 12 chickens and four ducks so but it's great they, they're completely free range and organic they fertilize my vegetable garden so they go out if there's a bug problem they go out and they're starting eating the bugs and they're fertilizing at the same time so all my tomatoes and peppers and all my vegetables out there are 100% organic and then my eggs are and you've sampled some of oh, my yeah, eggs yeah. too so it brings me eggs every oh, yeah. now and then man. I tell you man there's nothing like that fresh eggs right from uh, Eugene's place right oh, there yeah, man. That's, so, that's some good stuff it doesn't get any fresher than that so it's a little symbiotic society right there so they take care of everything you know they take care of all the bugs and then at the same time they're fertilizing my garden pretty cool that's really neat that you guys got into mm-hmm. that and i love that you and your wife hook up a lot of fresh stuff from the garden oh, you yeah. get the fresh eggs going yeah. that's fantastic one question i'm going to take you out on because i know you're a busy guy i want to let you go okay. thank you for sitting down with Absolutely. us we've asked some players this you're the first coach going to ask this question too what's the oddest food you've ever okay. encountered in your life as a player as a coach okay. at home i was on my way to europe and I stopped in Iceland, had some friends in Iceland. They're, now, they're Icelandic people. They had me over to their house for a traditional Icelandic dinner. So they bring out their little trays. They're covered up in real fancy little domes and everything. I'm like, oh, wow, this is, this is incredible. And they pulled a little chafing dome off, and it's half a sheep's head boiled. I'm waiting for, like, the laughs and stuff like that, because I'm completely mortified. Oh, you thought it was like they were having it around. Like, like a joke it was a like, joke. Yeah, you know, and then yeah, yeah. they were like, oh, no, this no, is no. very traditional, you know, Icelandic dinner. I'm, like, still waiting. I have my knife and fork, and I see everyone digging in. And I'm like, Oh my goodness gracious, you know, and I see the eyeball coming out, they're scooping the brain, it's just like, wow, so I'm like trying to find, get a little piece of meat off the cheek or something, to see if it tastes like chicken, and I'm just like, oh my goodness, now you can't be rude, so I sampled a little bit, it tastes like chicken, you know, but just the, just the sight of it, you know, the tongue hanging out, and you know, oh, okay. you're scooping the green, the grit. With the teeth, they left the teeth in it and everything, okay. I mean, it's like well, ready it, to go, It was right? half a sheep's head half boiled. She- half a sheep's head. <laughs> boiled. So, so, I don't, you know, I want to know what happened to the other, well, no, probably oh, I don't want to know what oh, happened no, to the no, other no. head. So, that, I mean, that was just kind of like, uh, I was still uh, waiting for like the punchline, like, okay, someone better start laughing here pretty quick. But I was very gracious. I was, you know, very thankful for them sharing that traditional dish with me. That was probably the strangest thing I ever, 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 till the day I die, have eaten. <laughs> okay. <laughs> was that all they had, really? Or they didn't well, have anything else? I, you know, or it, side dishes with it? Oh, uh, yeah. There were sides, you know, that I couldn't even tell you what that was. It's pretty imposing when you have this thing looking back at you. I have a sheep's head sitting there right. just looking at you kind of like, oh, my gosh, look at that thing. So I had puffin that trip, too. So some dried puffins. How was it? Dried puffin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was, it was like jerky, you know. And okay. I'm like, so it's some okay. weird stuff. I can go right down the list and just freak you out. But uh, I have to say that the sheep's head was... <laughs> the sheep's head was, was it's, it. It's, huh? It's very disturbing. My strangest one was the one with Jordan Hicks. I just had a place where there was a tasting. We went and a chef brought out a whole cooked rabbit. It was just skinned and cooked and everything was there. And, oh, yeah. And yeah, it did taste like chicken. And one thing I, li- I like to talk to you about is I think sometimes when we encounter strange food like oh, that, yeah. our brains tell us it tastes oh, like chicken. Right, Because right. we're our, if it tastes like chicken, I can deal with it. Right. If it tastes like what I think it's going to taste like, I, I don't want any more of it. So, <laughs> it, but, You know, it, it really wasn't that bad. It's just getting over the initial shock. I was a little skeptical myself like when I tried something similar to frog's legs oh, first yeah. time. It tastes like chicken. It tastes like chicken. Yeah, it tastes like chicken. I think we, we all just say that just to get past it. Oh, yeah. Thanks a lot, man, for coming in. Oh, I you're welcome, man. It. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. No problem. We'll have you back again sometime. I want to talk more about that Korean barbecue. All right, my man. Good times talking with Coach Eugene Chung, especially about that wacky food up in Iceland. I'd try the sheep's head. I really would. I'd like lamb a lot. I mean, how, how much different could it be, honestly? Well, my next guest knows the difference between lamb and sheep and all different cuts of meat. He is our boss back in the Eagles Novacare kitchen, Chef Jason Buniak, and it was wonderful to finally sit down with him 
after all my wonderful interviews with our other chefs there in the cafe and basically just pick his brain about how wonderful our season was, some challenges we may have had, and just how we bring it all the time, cooking food for the best team in the league, our Philadelphia Eagles. So here's our interview with Chef Jason Boniak. With El Jefe, the boss, Chef Jason Boniak of the Eagles Novacare Cafe. Welcome, Chef. How you doing, Tim? Nice Good. to be here. Good. How you doing, man? Doing well. Welcome, welcome. Jason's been uh, a wonderful boss to have in here. Thank you. And I really appreciate working with you because when there's a demand that needs to be met when it comes to equipment or scheduling or different ways of interaction with the employees or different foods that need to be brought in, he's really on point with that. He really makes sure that not only are our players and coaches getting their needs met, but our staff is too. And by that, I mean our kitchen staff. He looks out for us. Everybody works together a lot better under that type of guidance. So I'd like to thank you for that, Sean. Thank you, Sam. I appreciate that. No problem. No problem, man. Can you tell us a little bit about your history? What types of foods did you grow up cooking or what's some of the things that you really like to cook? Well, actually, when I told my parents that I was going to culinary school or that I wanted to go to culinary school, first thing my mom said was she always remembered that I used to grow up watching Yen Can Cook. It was funny because it would be one of them Saturday morning things and after cartoons, flip on PBS and watching Yen Can. That was one of her first memories of me showing interest in food. That's pretty cool. Yeah. You, did you start cooking with the family back then? So Yeah, I cooked back a little bit. Not too much. Experimented a little bit. But, you know, I've always been in the food industry. My first job was a restaurant and been in the business now going on 30 years. So That's pretty cool. I've been in it. Golly, it's got to be about 15 years now. Started pretty much the same way. Kind of grew up learning under my grandmother and my mother, and it just went on from there. And I started cooking for the family since about age 12 and on, and then didn't really know I wanted to do it for a career. You know, you probably knew right from the gate, or did you like- Now, you know, I, it's one of those things where, you know, fresh out of high school, you know, just something to put some money in your pocket and get that first car. But then as, you, as you're in it for a while, you know, you get a little bit more comfortable and you start realizing, hey, this is something I could probably make a career out of. I always had the passion for it, but again, like you said, it's one of those things where you kind of, it just clicks one day and like, hey, maybe I can do this, you know, for real. What's nice now is now that I'm grown, I have my own kids. You know, I've been working in the kitchen a lot with my daughter, trying to show her some knife skills, making sure she don't take any fingertips off and, you know, stuff like that. She's real interested and in she loves baking. She's been playing a little bit in the kitchen with some hot food too. She likes to make breakfast and she's making dinner with us, you know, on a regular basis. So it's nice to see the interest. Keep Absolutely. it going in the family. I've been working with my son. He's only three, but I got him a little, yeah. you know, small kid's knife. He's not going to cut his hand, but the most we've done so far is cut some carrots and hook up peanut butter and jelly. But Outstanding. It's where you got to start when you're three no, years old. You know, you, you can't start with Asabuco. That's a little bit too far <laughs> for him. But uh, let's see, man. There's a lot of stuff I wanted to ask you, and I think I'm going to go towards menus. There's a lot of different ways that we can prep a menu to help our team during the week. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, the process of writing menus, it can be a little daunting sometimes. We try and write a few weeks of a cycle, meaning we can come back to certain things that we know the team likes. If we write a menu that goes out about three or four weeks and then start it over again and just make changes based on seasonality and time of year and what's available and team favorites, that's always helpful. But again, when you sit down to write a menu that goes out four or five weeks, three meals a day, six days a week, it gets a little bit overwhelming sometimes. So it's nice that I do have Matt and yourself and Pee Wee to sit down collectively sometimes and we just spitball some ideas and it's a nice atmosphere. It's not one guy who just sits there and has to, the painstaking ordeal of trying to write menus at such a length and try and keep it fresh at the same time. And it can be very challenging. Oh, no, absolutely. Especially when it comes down to proteins, because we only have so many we can go towards. Yeah. You know, we can do them a whole bunch of different ways, but it's kind of like they don't want to see repeats. I mean, our main proteins are uh, basically lean protein. We're talking about lean beef, 
lean poultry. We're doing a lot of different fish. Ton of chicken. You know, a lot of lot of chicken. Ton of chicken. I never cooked as much chicken in my <laughs> life as I've cooked here. And I'm, you know, we're doing chicken breasts, chicken thighs, roasted whole chickens, eight-way chicken, chicken wings. I mean, any type of chicken you can think of, we're doing it. We're yeah. bringing it. So you got to really dig down into your uh, brain and pull out some really good recipes. Yeah. One of the things I think that's great that we have available to us is that we work for a uh, food service company, Flick International, that, that, help, that really gives us a resource. Can you speak a little to that, how Flick helps us out with our development yeah. of menus and things like that? Well, I've been with Flick Hospitality going on uh, 12 or 13 years now. They've been great. And the strides that we've made as a company developing recipes and fitness plans and nutritional values in all of our food and just creating that type of atmosphere that is a family atmosphere, not only here at the Eagles, but also as a company ourselves with Flick. You know, Flick itself is a family. The strides that we've made with the food is outstanding. And we have our own web-based recipe catalog, breaks down every recipe into all the nutritional facts and categories. And it's just such a helpful tool when you go to sit down to do that daunting task of writing a menu for three or four or five weeks. And it's great to have those nutritional facts at hand to cross-reference with Josh Hanks and Mike Minnis to get our menus developed, to get those performance signs out. Flick's a real resource for that. So I really appreciate working with them. And then also, they totally support the podcast, so I got to give them a little shout out. So (laughs) thank you, Flick International. We appreciate you. I know you appreciate us, but thanks very much for helping us make this podcast possible because we got a lot of cool stuff to talk about here. We're cooking for some pretty important guys. We're going all the way. So what's one of the things you think we ought to strive for to get our guys pumped up and ready to roll? We just need to keep the high energy foods going, you know, keep the high lean proteins, the nice clean carbs, keep it fresh, keep it functional. You know, these guys want home cooked meals, but it's got to be in a nutritional way. They want to make sure that they're getting the best quality out of everything they're putting in their body. Absolutely. So let's take a completely 90 degree turn and talk about guilty pleasure foods now. That's the best segue you're ever going to get for me. <laughs> you got to have some stuff that you've been eating since you were a kid or stuff you love to hook up that you just cannot go without it. What's a guilty pleasure food for you, chef? I love my ice cream. I know it sounds cliche, but I do love some ice cream. As far as entrees, I'm a big Asabuco guy. You mentioned it earlier in the show. I actually am putting it on the menu next week or the following week after. Absolutely. Asabuco is definitely on my high-end scale. Can you explain Asabuco a little bit to people who might not have so, heard of it? Asabuco is a veal shank that is seared and braised, slow-cooked, and it's got a nice demi-glass on it, and it's just uh, very succulent. It's cross-cut, right? So, yeah, so most a, of the meat is exposed, the marrow and the bone and the interior is exposed. Absolutely. And you sear it up really, really tight and then just make the sauce around it. It melts in your mouth. Yes, it it's does. It's terrific. When it's done right, serve it with a nice side of risotto. And, That's what mm. I'm talking about. I was waiting to hear a word. Absolutely. Risotto. If I heard mashed potatoes, we were going to walk. Oh, no, no. I've been to restaurants where they put mashed potatoes out with it, and I said, you know what? You basically missed an opportunity to oh. wow me, so I'm gone. Absolutely. I'm out. You need to have risotto with Asabuco. Classic Italian. I got one more thing. Okay. We're going to call this uh, the Three Amigos. Three oh, questions. Boy. Here we go. Oh, boy. All right. It's off the top of my head. What's your favorite pizza topping? That's an easy one. Pepperoni. Pepperoni? Love Straight it. up? That's Love it? Love it. Just pepperoni. What about burgers? Favorite topping on a burger? I'm a condiment guy. I put barbecue sauce, mustard, mayonnaise, ketchup. A1, I put all... Is there any beef in there? Or is that just time. condiments and bread? Uh, and I mean, there's a little bit of beef. It's a bit messy, man. chef. I don't know. <laughs> Makes it for an extremely messy burger, but I love it. I would so love to go to Five Guys awesome. with you and see you hook one up, man. <laughs> yeah. Last question. What foods do you hate? I don't like onions. Onions and peppers, can't do it. Not even a little bit. When Jason first came to work with us, I had been here for a while. And the first day he was here helping us out, we had some type of roast beef sandwich. It was really cool. So I thought I was going to show off a little bit. And I've known Jason for years before he came here. So I made some caramelized onions like coated with horseradish. 
and I made a big sandwich and I gave him one of them and I said, here you go, chef. I said, that's really good. The onions are like caramelized with the horseradish. It'll taste great on the beef. And he wouldn't eat it. You ruined it. I was like, what the hell's the matter with you? You're like, I don't like onions. You don't remember this? If there's onions diced in a sauce or something like that, okay, fine. But I can't. So no no fried onions on your cheesesteak, no French onion soup. I'll eat an onion ring. Because it's fried. But not your traditional sauteed so we onion. Fry it, or get rid of the onion, drench it in sauce, and you'll eat it. Uh, we'll see. Okay. All right. We're going to end on that. I want to thank Chef Jason Boniak for coming in here to deal with me today. Thank you, Appreciate Tim. it, man. It's been a long time coming. Play it's hard been, to get. Well, you know, we appreciate you anyway, man. Thanks for coming in. Thanks, Tim. I appreciate the time. All right, brother. Wonderful to sit down with Chef Jason because we are both usually standing up, running around, and working hard for our Philadelphia Eagles back in that kitchen. So... Talking with my boss was a pleasure. I understand he doesn't like the onions and peppers. I'm a fan on my cheesesteaks, but, uh, you know, we'll keep it away from him. That's fine. Not a big deal. I just want to thank everybody for the opportunity to do this this season. Working hard with the chefs, making time to sit down with different players. It was wonderful to actually interact with the players this season in a way I've never done, behind a microphone. It's been an absolute pleasure doing this. And we got a lot more planned as we help our Eagles every single week to keep fighting to get to that Super Bowl. I want to take a minute once again to thank my wonderful producers, Ricky Shue and Brian Thomas, working hard all year long, not only to bring you this podcast, but a lot of other things that go on with our Eagles audio and video. And I'd like to thank, again, all the chefs I work with back in the kitchen. Thank you for bringing it every day so we can keep feeding the birds. So please join us next time when we take a step off the field and take a look at what's on the plate. Go Eagles! Grew up really having to eat whatever is available and really basic, basic stuff like beans and rice I grew up on and chicken and, of course, all parts of the pig from the Rudy to the Tootie. <laughs> so, so, yeah, that's, you know, 